the secrets of the secret place first of all I want to share why we need to pray as leaders the first reason for prayer as a leader is to prepare for the major task now we're going to look at the story of Jesus right now we're going to look at the life of Jesus right now and then I want us to see why Jesus prayed the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14 and 15 that Jesus returned where did he return from he returned from the time of prayer and fasting as he was praying and as he was fasting for 40 days he was being tempted there the Bible says he was in the wilderness and he was with the wild beasts he returned in the power of the Spirit and then the news of him went out through all the surrounding region and he taught in their synagogues and being glorified by all it's very important that Jesus did not launch his ministry without spending quality prolonged time in the wilderness in prayer and in fasting and he came out of that time in power with power and his ministry just took off so it's very important that the secret place is your secret to success spiritually the second reason why we need to have a secret place is to recharge after work spiritual work um, we see this in Mark chapter 6 verse 30 and verse 31 it says then the apostles gathered together to Jesus and told him all the things both what they've done and what they have taught and he said to them come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while a secret place is not a place of stress it should be your place of rest so for those people who view prayer as like or going away to be with God as more work that's actually your rest from work so like for example when on Sunday night um, you know we had a service and then I, I had a meeting after the service I preached um, three times went home and then uh, we had a hangout with the with the guys with the leaders um, uh, with the guys leaders in the sauna praise God and um, and right after that I had my backpack had my uh, my bag my clothes and I left to to uh, where did I go some city <laughs> nearby uh, Walla Walla I think it was Walla Walla rented a hotel pretty much walked in into the hotel and say hey I need two nights why did I do that because it's been four weeks since I did that last time I've had four speaking engagements back to back um, I've done a lot of stuff and um, I'm not spiritually depleted or burned out but I don't want to get to that point and I do know I have much to do during the week and race to deliver is coming up and then I have a, an event in Houston in, um, uh, that I'm flying in tomorrow and so what I did is I left to, to spiritually replenish myself to come away this was this is not work this is actually rest from that work in the presence of the Holy Spirit in the presence of the Lord and I'm going to tell you kind of what I do um, there so this is going to be really practical I hope and my desire is not to just feed you with information my desire is to really just to create within you a desire to eventually practice that in your own way I teach that to our leaders to practice that and I'm going to teach you as well to practice that number three is to work through grief 
Something that many people don't realize is that Jesus actually also went through a season and through a time of grief. If you read the Matthew chapter 14 and verse 1, you will see that Jesus hears the news that his cousin and the one who pretty much opened the ministry for Jesus was John the Baptist. He got beheaded. So Jesus hears the news that John gets killed. And the Bible says that Jesus pretty much withdraws with his disciples and says, we need to kind of go away. He goes away with his disciples to spend some time alone. And the Bible says that somebody drops, the, drops a pin of their address to everybody where Jesus was at relaxing with and resting with his disciples. And the crowds came in and for three days pretty much they interrupted Jesus' flow. Now, I'm going to give you a context right now of the verse and the scripture that most of us don't realize when Jesus went up to the mountain to pray and then came down to walk on water. Three days before Jesus walked on water, the news of John the Baptist being killed came to him. He withdraws to spend time with the Father because Jesus also added humanity. He wasn't, he was a son of God, but he was also a human being in full capacity so he experienced human emotions as well and his relative is killed and minister that pretty much opened the way for Jesus's ministry John the Baptist is killed there's a natural grieving there's a natural of it's, it's a shock it hits you it, you have to process that so Jesus goes away to process that but he gets interrupted with multitudes so he feeds the multitudes everything is happening and he is three days later he sends his, the multitudes away. He sends his disciples away. The Bible says when Jesus heard of it, he departed from uh, by the boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard of it, they followed him on the foot from their cities. So he ministers those to multitudes because they interrupted him. And then the Bible says this is that he sends his disciples away. He sends the multitudes away and he goes up to the mountain and spends all night in prayer. Why? I really believe it's to help process grief. If you go through stuff in life and you don't have a proper place and I believe secret place is one of the places. I don't believe it's the only place. Some, sometimes we need also counseling. Sometimes we need therapy. But many people have placed too much emphasis on counseling and therapy and too little emphasis on your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because even a Christian therapist and counselor will still encourage you to be in the community and to develop your prayer life. And so I see Jesus going to the mountain three days later after it was interrupted and he spends time with the Father and I believe a lot of debriefing. We don't get an insight into what he was praying about. I'm just assuming and so um, that a lot of that had to do with something that naturally he went through. Like if you have a, a very person close to you in the ministry that dies like you have to process that and you have to be able to have a place where you process your hurt your feelings your frustrations so you don't bottle things up and you don't carry these things for a very long time it will catch up to you and it can take you down it can take your ministry out and it can take you spiritually out where you're pretty much bleeding without stop and after that Jesus comes down from the mountain he walks on water <laughs> and I truly believe if you process your hurt in a place of healing called a secret place you will walk on your water you will walk above those circumstances 
they'll still be there but there's going to be a sense of authority there's going to be a sense of where those problems Peter was swimming in those waters that Jesus was walking upon whatever that was over Peter's head was under his feet why because he spent all night in prayer so as a leader you will have as a person who carries responsibility you have moments where you will get hurt you will have moments where you will get where depression might come and just try to attack you or stress or you would become overwhelmed and I always tell people this you will live either live being overwhelmed or you will live out of overflow either you will live out of being overwhelmed or you will live out of overflow to go from the overwhelmed to the overflow you have to have this mountain you have to have this secret place and this is not just devotional prayer meeting this is not just oh I just prayed today I read the Bible I'm not talking about that today what we're going to talk about is a little bit more than that and so that's what I'm going to uh, talk to you in just just a second but Jesus had this time this was not just a morning devotional this was an all-night prayer meeting that he spent with the father and this wasn't a burden this wasn't oh I have to do it this is I must do it for the sake of my soul for the sake of my mind for the sake of my spiritual well-being the fourth reason why we need to pray and we need to spend time in a secret place is because before making an important decision before Jesus chose his 12 the Bible says and it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God and when it was a day he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12 whom he named apostles so before making a major decision Jesus spends all night in prayer to the Father. Now Jesus is God but he had a humanity added to divinity and he shows you have to understand that within Trinity the three persons of Trinity are in constant communication. They're in a constant union they're not God is not lonely God is three beings God excuse me God is one being in three persons there's a constant communication and Jesus longs for that relationship he longs for that uh, fellowship within the Trinity within the persons of the Trinity and the Bible says when he spends all night in prayer then he comes down from the mount and then he chooses his 12 disciples don't make major decisions without spending quality time with the Father that's how Jesus did it. Fifth reason is in the time of distress. There was a time in Jesus' ministry where he went through a very difficult time and this was a difficult time for his soul. We know that physically he was beaten. We know he was rejected but he also was betrayed. He also was forsaken and the Bible says this coming out he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed and his disciples followed him he came to a place and he said pray that you may not enter into temptation and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying father if it's your will let this cup pass over pass away from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done then the angel appeared from heaven and strengthened him and being in agony I want you to see the humanity of Jesus. I want you to see what ministry sometimes can be. What 
what doing God's will could get you to a place we don't like to talk about it but I just have to be honest with you is that sometimes this could be the place where you find yourself in agony he didn't quit praying he prayed more earnestly his sweat became like great drops of blood falling on the ground there was a strengthening that came but there was agony that was still there he was in agony I wish I would say that every single time you're filled with the Spirit and you're walking with the anointing of God that you will never have a season in your life as a Christian disciple maker a minister where we're not just talking about grief we're talking about distress and agony but I want you to notice where Jesus processed that not in the bar with a bottle of whiskey I want you to notice where he processed that he didn't live stream on Instagram and vomit everything out to his followers in fact he took a slight distance from his followers and he poured out his soul to his father and as he was doing that God was sending angels to strengthen him but I want you to notice this thing God did not take away the agony he gave him the strength to carry it there are things God will take us take us through there are things God will deliver us meaning he will just take that pain completely but there will be things where he will strengthen you to carry a certain things for example like being rejected by people for example uh, for Jesus it was picking up the cross God didn't come in and took it away God came in and gave him the strength to endure it I know we all don't like pain none of us do and I'm not saying that we pray for it but I'm saying is that sometimes in your obedience to the Lord there could be seasons where you're experiencing really really difficult pain on the level of your mind and on the level of your soul and you will be tempted to pray it out or pray it through but in reality the Lord will just in his put his presence and with his angels and with his spirit he will give you the strength to get it through and to come on the other side resurrected different new refined as through the fire purified as through the fire and there will be a crushing that will take place that will release oil that only people dream of and you will go from being gifted to being anointed and the anointing requires crushing but how do you go through that time you have to have your garden of Gethsemane meaning you have a, you have to have a place where you become real and raw with the Father. You become real and raw with God where, where you have those, you have a place to process. If you don't process that place properly, you can get infected. You can get sick, spiritually, bitter, instead of becoming better. You can, be, you can uh, that can overwhelm you and crush you if you don't have a place to really lend it to the Lord leave, leave it to the Lord and just ask him to give you the strength to process that correctly and when I read this I mean it just it touches the depths of me seeing my Savior go through this time now I understand I will never go through the time and I'm not human that is pure I will never carry the weight of the world on my shoulders but I do know that sometimes the weight of my world is very heavy and having a place where I can be vulnerable having a place where I can pretty much let the Lord know exactly how I feel not sugar-coated but just let God kind of know how I feel and 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 let that pain let that agony let that frustration let all of that be brought in there to the Lord and seeing God strengthen me 
to carry to do the right thing in that difficult season that that's what secret place is for it's leaders escape place if you're gonna run from some problems this is where you run to if you're gonna hide this is where you hide this is your shelter this is your under the shadow of the almighty is where you hide and that is your you have to know that place you have to have the place so when when stuff when stuff just goes crazy you have to know where to hide this is your bomb shelter the bomb starts going left and right um, he who dwells in the secret place of most high shall hide under the shadow of the almighty and i will say of the lord he is my strength he is my fortress the god in whom i trust that's your that's your secret place is the secret of your success number six is to focus on your assignment the bible says when it was a day he departed and went into a deserted place but the crowd sought him and came to him and they tried to keep him from leaving them but he said to them i must preach the kingdom of god to other cities also because for this purpose i have been sent so jesus has an amazing revival on saturday night a sabbath has come to an end the next morning which is sunday he's uh, that's most likely that's what's happening in this place he he leaves very early he goes to a deserted place and the crowd already has a schedule for him and the schedule is like let's do second meeting we're ready for the second meeting and after the prayer jesus comes back and he says i'm not staying here i'm going to a next city and i'm gonna pioneer i'm gonna start from scratch somewhere else why would you not want to build on what you've had last night a breakthrough here instead of starting something in a different city why are you branching out into a new thing because jesus says for this purpose i was born if you don't have a prayer life a secret place you will always live by the pressure of the majority instead of the purpose of your father your purpose will not be clear and you will not have enough power to resist the pressure of busyness um, what everybody wants you to do and you will have no power to say no Jesus had the power and the Bible says that he told people I'm, I'm going to a different city another scripture we see Luke chapter 5 verse 16 and he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed how do you stay on fire for God you keep putting the logs on your altar and one of those logs is often withdrew wilderness pray often that to me speaks of consistency withdrew separation wilderness is some kind of a quiet place where lack of not a lot of noise and uh, prayed it's when you pray now how to build a secret place let's transition now into how to build that secret place and we're going to share a few practical things number one have a place Moses took his tent and pitched it outside of the camp far from the camp and called it a tabernacle of meeting and it came to pass that everybody who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside of the camp outside tent tabernacle a few things I want you to keep in mind mountain is where Moses went away for a long time so mountain can represent a place that you go outside of your 
town or outside of where you live where you take a night or you take a two nights and you you get an Airbnb or you rent a hotel or some people went and pitched a tent on the top of the mountain I would highly discourage you to do that though especially if there are bears and lions and cougars there and, um, and so you, you, you'll be fighting spirit of fear uh, 12 hours during the night <laughs> instead of praying so I can guarantee you that ask Bryson he'll tell you that to be true um, so have a place have a physical place so we're talking about a mountain but the other part that I want you to see is not not only so there's a um, tent there's a tent and there's a mountain mountain is where you go for a long time a tent is I would call this your your prayer place where you pray all the time now Moses made a mistake I believe it's my humble opinion he went there too long and when he went to the mountain for 40 days I think that his leadership structure was not established really well he was gone for 40 days and the staff went crazy the guy that he appointed to run everything pretty much ran everything to the ground they decided to worship an idol and just like it, was, it just went really bad so I think Moses should have established the structure slightly better and gave people roles and delegated authority and delegated some some basic instruction so this means that let's say you're a mom and you're heading out out of town don't go for 40 days if you have children because you might come back and uh, it's just they might like die if nobody fed them um, you know meaning you want to establish some kind of a you can't just disappear pretty much if you have responsibilities if you have college if you have work you, you don't just like well I'm gonna pack my bags and I'm gonna go to the mountain spend time with God you didn't tell your boss that you're leaving you didn't tell your parents that you're leaving you didn't tell your um, let's say you had some meetings scheduled you didn't reschedule them and you just kind of disappeared I don't care about anything I just want to be with God because you can come back from that place with commandments and meet a cow meaning holy cow what's happening to my life why did I get fired <laughs> Um, you know why did I lose this thing why did I lose this thing is because you, you you do have to remember that the more responsibilities you have you need to just kind of find a way to prepare certain things as you're gone so that's on a practical point of view it's mountains is the places that you go for a little extended period of time and it's usually things that you do outside of your home typically outside of your city something that I believe every person should experience and should practice occasionally a tent later on Moses realized I think it was actually God that told him that you should not be just going up on the mountain all the time because it seems like the structure and your life is not really established really well so what I want you to do is I want you to pitch a tent outside of the camp so I believe this speaks of your prayer room now make sure your prayer room is not your bed if you pray in your bed that is not your prayer room you have to come outside of the place you're sleeping now there's nothing wrong about meditating on the goodness of God and contemplating as you're resting and as you're waking up and having a book next to you nothing wrong with it that is amazing I think every person before you go to sleep should have a book you should read something instead of being on the phone plus it will help you to sleep better if you don't look at the phone before you sleep and when you wake up in the morning your first few words should be you know welcome Holy Spirit good morning Holy Spirit meditating on the goodness of God but you should get up from your bed and move to another location even if it's across the room and the closet the very act of getting out of your bed 
you know, putting a robe or, or whatever, whatever your procedure or your ritual is and going to another place physically does something to your body, something to your mind and it shows priority. Like the same way as you don't eat in your bed. You don't go under your blankets and I mean some of you maybe you do. It's just because you're single right now and the finances are a huge priority uh, and you can't afford a kitchen table and so you kind of like everything is in one place. I understand but once you get to the place where you will have a kitchen table you typically don't eat in your bed. You sleep in your bed and if you're married other stuff happens there too. Praise God. We'll leave it at, uh, at that. Yeah so but <laughs> amen. So you want to a mountain is a place that you go away for for uh, an extended period and a tent or a uh, prayer room is a time where you go daily to read to pray and to be with the Lord okay are we get are we, are we there all right let's go just a little bit further the, the second thing is we have to make it regular so specifically the tent part the the part of going daily or going every other day we should make it regular as we saw Jesus went often so we see that it was Moses's practice to take to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp everyone um, make it regular okay so we don't have the I don't think my copy the scripture here um, make it regular whatever you practice becomes permanent in your life whatever you practice becomes permanent in your life if you want to make it permanent you have to practice it make it regular now the bible doesn't tell us to go to our prayer room every single day it says when you go to your prayer room the bible says to pray all the time meaning stay in the communion with god should you do it every single day now typically we would encourage every person hey every single day make time but to be honest with you don't focus on this is what I tell people don't make a goal of praying every day make a habit of praying every day the goal is not to make a goal the goal is to keep a habit because whatever you do habitually becomes automatic so make a habit of praying regularly and if there there's a day or two and you just absolutely did not get a chance to read the word because you were busy with this and that don't guilt trip yourself don't walk around like oh I'm disconnected from, from God that is not how the Lord works the Lord has a relationship with you you have a devotion to God which is your life committed to God and out of that devotion is your devotions like if I don't see my wife for two days like for example when I went to um uh, the Walla Walla on Sunday night and I come back on Tuesday here. I didn't come and kneel before my wife and said I feel so guilty that I left you. No what I said is I missed you and what she said I missed you. When you didn't spend a few days and because of some things were happening you should miss God not feel guilty. And your first thing should be coming back and say Lord I missed you not Lord I'm sorry. If you're saying I'm sorry you're thinking of it as rules instead of keeping it as a habit to maintain a relationship. God doesn't keep a record and does, God doesn't have a watch. He doesn't have a check mark. He genuinely loves you. His first commandment is for you to love Him. He wants a love relationship. Don't turn it into a legalistic religion. While you're making it permanent, while you're making a habit, never make it a legalistic rule. Because there is no grace on 
legalism. There's only grace on a love relationship for the Lord. And so make it a habitual thing. Make it a regular thing. But please don't make it a religion. Make it a And not making it religion doesn't mean like, oh yeah, I'll do it whatever. I feel like it. No. You, like for example, brushing your teeth and taking showers. It's not a religion, but it's a habit. And praise God for that habit. Because if some of you are not going to keep that habit, people will be falling left and right next to you. And not because of the anointing, but because of how annoying your order is. <laughs> okay, we'll finish there. Number three is it's essential. So not only we have to make it a place, not only we have to make it a habit, it's essential. Meaning the presence of God is what separates us from the world. So we see what happened with Moses is Moses said to God, if you don't personally go with us, it's NLT, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the people on the earth. We have to get to the point where prayer is about the presence and the presence is what separates me from the rest of the world. What separates me is not just what I do on Sunday morning. It's not even my doctrine. It's the presence of Jesus. Yes, our beliefs. Yes, our doctrinal uh, statements. Yes, our faith in the Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen King. He's the Son of God. But my friend, if all of that is just a dry doctrine and you don't know Jesus and you don't have His presence, Moses says, how will people know we're your people? So for Moses, because Moses, you know, and Israel really got on God's nerves and so God came and said, you know, I'm not going to go with you guys. I'm going to send the angel and he's going to take you to the promise. And honestly guys, you're a pain in my butt. And Moses didn't come and say, yeah, Lord, sounds good. As long as we get to the promised land and you send us the good guide who can really like lead us and guide us. God, I get it. We're such a stubborn people. Don't go with us. Now Moses came and he says, he said, Lord, if you don't go with us, if your presence is not with us, we're going nowhere. We don't want the angel. We don't want the promised land. Keep the promised land. Keep the angel. We go nowhere. We die here. And God liked that. God wants us to carry this thing where, Lord, your presence is not my supplement. It's my source. Your presence is not my vitamin. It's my very essence. It's, it's vital. It's vital to my existence. I need your presence, Lord. So that's why I make a priority. That's why I make a place. That's why I'm going to make it habitual. Because my understanding is that it's essential to my spiritual life. It's essential to me, my distinction. How different I am from the world. What makes me different is the presence. Amen. Number four. The secret place is really about the person. It's not about principles. Now, I'm going to share with you certain principles, but I really believe it's about the person. I want you to see what Moses in the secret place said. Please show me your glory. 
I want you to notice what Moses did not ask for. Please give me directions. Moses didn't even go up to the mountain to say, Lord, give us the Ten Commandments because we are really screwed up people and we need Ten Commandments. God came to him and he says, I'll give you the Ten Commandments. But Moses says that, give me the glory. Meaning the glory is the essence of the person. Um, I want you to notice one thing about Moses is that Moses, he had display of God's power. He had the warmth of God's presence. But now he wanted the intimate knowledge of the person of God himself. So the power he had, the display and the warmth of his presence, but this is the knowing of the person. So many people settle for the power of the Lord. Some people will actually settle for the warmth of his presence. You feel his presence. But see, uh, the person of God is something, is someone you can know. Be still and know. You can know him. And so Moses is saying, hey, I don't want to just seeing fire on the mountain. That's great. It's not just about splitting the Red Sea. That's also really good. Or the man on the ground. Lord, I want to know the core you. What makes you you? I want to know your glory. I want to, I want to have the person you. Not just how you do what you do. Not just why you do what you do. Not just your behavior, your actions, your works. But I want to know your core your glory and this wasn't some kind of a bigger physical manifestation it's God revealing his character and God saying I am this I am this I am this I am this and to Moses this was a really big deal and it should be a big deal to us not just Lord give me more power not just Lord give me a direction but Lord um, I need that but God I want to know who you the, the you inside the, the glory you the, the character who how you think um, Misty Edwards has a song called The Favorite One and last time that I went to um, I think it was Mountain Hood man that song ministered to me so much and that song pretty much like almost became a cry um, Jesus here I am your favorite one um, I want to know what are you thinking what are you feeling uh, what are you feeling what are you thinking I have to know and that just like I literally had that song on the replay for like 200 times maybe and they just every time that and it became a cry of my heart I remember sitting right in front of a Columbia River and just bawling my eyes out and I said Jesus instead of saying Lord what I should do next what is the next year I said Lord what are you thinking what are you feeling I have to know like not about oh who's going to be the next president that, that, that that's good that's, I'm, not, I'm not against the, the prophetic stuff and people need to especially those who are prophets but I want to know his heart Moses didn't say, Lord, tell me about the future of the world. He said, show me your glory. I want to know how you feel. I want to know how you think. I want to know you. And that's huge. That's huge. And maybe we're not there right away, but we will get there. Amen. It's about the person. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father. He didn't say that prayer is about a principle. Prayer is about a person. A prayer is not, it's, it's about a father, it's about a person. It's about him first, first and foremost. Number four, um, so we've seen uh, this, the same thing is that Moses had the promises. He's seen God's power. He was guaranteed God's presence, but he wanted to know God's person. He's seen God's power. He has seen, he has heard the promises. He was guaranteed God's presence that it will accompany him. But now he says, I want to know God's person. Amen. Number five, you have to get ready for this. There will be results. The Bible says, Now it was when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai 
So not only he had two tablets, but when he came down from the mountain, he did not know that the skin of his face was shining while he talked with him. You can't look at the sun for so long and never get a suntan. You can't behold the beauty of the Lord and never be transformed. You will be changed. In fact, I believe this is the best way to change your life without trying to change your life. And that is to change what you behold. To change where you spend your quality time. His face started to shine. What I love is number six. Uh, so number five is still there will be results. This is a powerful tweetable quote. You can't hide a life that's hidden with God. It will be visible. There will be results. It's kind of like this. If you're married and you have intimacy, it will show. Somebody going to be pregnant. There's going to be children. There's going to be results. Intimacy leads to fruitfulness. Um, this is not just, yes, our motive and our, and our pure desire is to know the Lord. But, it, but the consequences, there will be consequences, good consequences. There will be results. There will, there's going to be a fruit. And that fruit is going to be, it's going to show. You're going to be spiritually shining. Um, there will be something happening to you that otherwise could not have happened. If you don't spend time with the Lord. It, you can't hide it. Number six, you will become salt. Salt makes other people thirsty for water. I want you to notice what happened. <laughs> All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his own tent door. Did you see the difference between Moses going to the mountain and then all the people started to worship an, an idol? But now when he sets a tent and the glory of God comes on a tent, everybody comes out of their tent. And the Bible says they would worship. Because your intimacy with God begins to carry a sense of impartation on people around you. Your children begins to catch it. Your uh, cell group, your life group begins to catch it. You don't have to just preach about it. People will begin to catch it because there's an impartation that happens through association. It's kind of like when you have influence over people, they catch what you're carrying. It's like a flu, works like a flu. You don't give a flu to somebody. You don't go around like, hey, today I'm giving a flu. I'm giving you a flu. I'm giving you a flu. No, sometimes you don't even know that you're giving a flu. The closer they get to, to that person, if you're carrying a flu, by contacting, by being near you, they catch the flu. You don't teach the flu. You don't say, I'm going to have a flu class right now. And if you guys listen to the teaching on the flu, all of you will catch a flu afterwards. You don't teach a flu. You, you catch a flu right now did you know that the word influence has a word flu in it because influence works like a flu you catch it what somebody carries without being taught it without being uh, uh, taught uh, that topic for example when I was first time cursing I was about 12 years of age I went on this like two month um, season of cussing like a sailor 
and I grew up in a Christian home. Why was I cussing? Because I was around people who cussed and they had influence over me. I looked up to them and I started cussing. It, it's really a demon that I think entered me, a demon of cussing. I couldn't stop cussing. I was like, I opened my mouth and all I wanted to do is cuss. And I just, I looked at anything I looked, I just, my description was like, I cursed, cursed. And I almost, I felt like when I feel right now, when I felt, when I get filled with the Holy Spirit, there was this thing just comes on me. It was, it was demonic. And of course, how I got delivered from cursing is a really funny story. Uh, so my family, we had a cow. And so I was responsible to milk a cow. I know how to milk a cow. Part of my uh, uh, accomplishments on the resume. And uh, so part of the things is we had to milk a cow. And so I would be sent to milk a cow. And as I was milking the cow, I won't go through the whole process of milking a cow. And the cow just took with this hoof, hit the bucket. And so all the milk spilled on me and spilled on the ground. And and uh, and so and I just gave that cow a sevenfold uh, cussing blessing. I mean, I opened my mouth and I just like in the whole barn. Little did I know is my dad was passing by the barn. So my dad is thinking there's a demon possessed person in the barn cussing because that couldn't be his son. And so he's thinking somebody's broke into our barn and is like cussing and homeless person probably. And so he walks in and there's his oldest son who's cussing my dad did not recognize me so he took in Ukraine um, they had a really good way of deliverance and um, and parents exercised that power so he took I don't know if it was a bunch of wires or a belt I don't remember what it was I do know the pain and the affliction that I and the agony I experienced drove that demon out of me quickly I never cussed again after that I never cussed again seriously never could pronounce a cuss word after that and stuff so I was delivered by power <laughs> so parents I'm giving you in case the prayer line did not work <laughs> or uh yeah it, but of course if you're older it's, it's different so but I was delivered but now when I remember how I got into that into that spiritual problem was through um uh society and through people that were around me they're saying people girls right now um, who especially go into transgenderism when they they did the study they found out because of the social pressure and because of the TikTok and all of this stuff and they get this one confusing thought about or feeling like I'm a boy and the girl uh, you know or acts like a boy in the sense that maybe she's really good at sports and everything and because of the societal influence that oh yeah you must be a boy now now you need to go and remove your genitals uh, you need to go and have a surgery and that's it and so and these people dive into that because of that pressure so you must understand is that whatever you're carrying the moment you have influence other people start catching so the goal to have people catch it you know first is that you have to carry it and Moses carried that now the presence of God and but people have to be close to you to catch it. When Moses was on the mountain, they couldn't catch it. When he pitched a tent within their proximity, that's when they caught it. So that means if you're only spending time with God, but you never spend time with people, then they will never catch what you're carrying. But when you begin to spend time with people, they will begin to catch what you are carrying. Amen. Is this helping anybody? As you encounter God, you will draw others to worship Him. For those of you watching us on YouTube, let me know in the comments what you are receiving. 
And in order to comment, you have to become a member. <laughs> yeah. Not of Hungry Gen, of uh, YouTube members. Yeah. Now, let's go now into the secret place a uh, little bit deeper. So there, I believe there's three stages and it's the same three stages of the temple. There's the outer court, there's the inner court, and then there's the Holy of Holies. So I call it the self stage, the soul stage, and the spirit stage. The self stage, it's the, it's the place of like your body needs to get into that place of prayer physically. So you have to actually bring your body there. Number two is your soul and that has to be that uh, the, the, the anxiety, the fear, the um, confusion, the negative thoughts, those things they have to get cleared and then so that your spirit can pray or so that your um, so the prayer can flow from your spirit. Uh, the soul state is where a lot of people get stuck in. The, I, the soul state is like going through a turbulence. You're starting, to, you're starting to pray, you got your body to a prayer place, meaning you're physically there but your mind is so distracted, you're, you're feeling like you can't really catch a break in that prayer and so I'm just going to share with you an encouragement that you persevere, you pray through whatever your mind is distracted about, don't just kind of try to fight it for example, if you're really thinking about an exam or you're thinking about a meeting don't just try to I rebuke the devil well you have that on your calendar it's not the devil that put that on a calendar so when you're thinking about it pray about it say Lord I pray for that meeting that I'm going to have Lord I pray for what my mom said it kind of hurt my feelings and so Lord I just just ask you would you help me to process that so just kind of give your prayer an opportunity to pray through whatever that she's that's bothering you why because if it bothers you God cares about it and so sometimes when you pray for it, you can actually take the power from it to occupy your mind and it starts going in the back of your mind if I could say and not as concerning anymore. And so don't give up through that distraction season or distraction season, not distraction, distraction phase of prayer. It's like a turbulence when your airplane is taking off. Before it gets to the 30,000 feet, you know, it's like a little shaky and, but then the plane keeps climbing, keeps climbing, keep li keeps climbing and then you hit that sweet spot where you don't even feel like you're in the airplane. You're walking around here like you're in your house and that's exactly what happens in the when the spirit begins to pray. The soul is quiet. The soul is not just praying but now it's quiet and you're praying out of your spirit. It doesn't mean that you're praying in tongues only. It just means that the soul is quiet, the body is in the prayer and then you're praying out of the realm of your spirit. In the Holy Spirit and just there is a stillness that happens there. There's a sense of receiving from God in a very, very deep, powerful way. Now, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. The eleven disciples went away into the Galilee to the mountain which the Lord had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So I want you to notice the mountain that the Lord appointed as they ministered to the Lord. So this, this speaks of that ministering from your spirit. You're ministering to God. You're spending time with God. Jesus is telling his disciples, I want you to meet me at this particular mountain. And they started to encounter him. They worshipped him. And actually from that point, they received the Great Commission. So a few things I wanted to um, share is the separation to a place. Sacred. I'm, I can cross off sacred place because sacred is really the place that you dedicate to God. And so I'm going to talk right now mainly about 
getting out of town part. I want to encourage each person once in a while in your journey with the Lord to practice getting away to spend time with God. Um, having morning devotions is very important. Coming to prayer uh, in the church is very important. But think of this as like your spiritual vacation with the Holy Spirit. Think, think of like that. And it could be just one night. It could be 24 hours. It could be 12 hours. Um, the point first is to find a place where you will go. Before you find that place, my goal is to plant a seed right now and that you will feel the invitation from the Lord, meaning you will feel the Holy Spirit inviting you. Holy Spirit prompting you. But sometimes He's not going to prompt because nobody told you that that actually is possible or you could be doing that and it could enrich your spiritual life. So my goal is to kind of point to you that that is possible. People have practiced that in the Bible. People practiced a lot of ministers that I know who are walking with the Lord in the deep ways. They practice that where they get away for a few days and just to be with God. They're not getting a sermon there. They're not trying to write a book there but actually to just be with the Lord. In the same way as you would go for a week and spend time with a vacation but this is not a vacation. This is a spiritual retreat between you, the Bible and the Holy Spirit. It could start something small like you leave on Friday night, you come back on Saturday night and you just you know rent like a room or you find some kind of a or um, uh, some kind of a place but find a place. Now what I would discourage you from doing is going into a tent on the mountain that has wild animals. Now the Bible does say in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus went to the mountain and he was with wild animals and fasted for 40 days. I would discourage you from that for a few reasons. It's scary. <laughs> You're gonna spend more time fighting bears in your mind and you might end up being like David actually fighting bears and God might not deliver you. He might just take you straight home. So I know uh, Bryson, our, your director, he uh, decided to take this time and so one time what he did is he went to the mountain in the tent with the Bible and uh, he kind of forgot that it got dark at like 7, uh, 7 p.m. and you know from 7 till about 7 and then he didn't bring any fire with him so he was freezing cold and the whole night he says I was hearing you know wolves and and he's like and it's just it was very and but Bryson is you know he's not stranger to nature but he's like still he was it was so spooky and it was so scary um, my wife went this time to the mountain she rented a little cabin and honestly it was not easy experience for her partially is because in the cabin the cabin was isolated in the woods there were people there living on the on the lot but not very close and and it created this really kind of a weird feeling of being watched. What if somebody comes in and tries to attack or and so and for a woman that could become very uh, scary. So I would I told my wife the next time that you do something like that you should rent a hotel. 
And I was like, I'll get you a hotel instead of a, an Airbnb. Um, so I've used Airbnbs. I've used a hotel. But honestly, Airbnbs were better for me than hotels. But for those of you who kind of don't like to be alone or get a little bit scared by that, hotel will be better. It could be an Airbnb or a friend's cabin or somebody. But if you're not one of those people who have ever stayed alone by yourself and there's nobody within an hour of a distance, I would highly discourage you. It's not going to be spiritual. It's going to be spooky. And you're going to be running from that place, driving back home, and then coming to the prayer line so we deliver from the spirit of fear. So, so just think consciously, not consciously, but think wisely about a place, okay? The other part that I would discourage you from doing is fasting while you're doing it, especially the first three days of fasting. The reason being is that if you, let's say, decide to go on this fasting retreat, this spending time with God, um, it will be a torture, not uh, refreshing. Why? First of all, you're going to be thinking about food most of the time. So your goal there is to think about the Lord, not about the food. And so now if it's like your 20th day of fasting and you go after you broke that first four days where like you're thinking about food and everything and it's like fifth, sixth, sixth or seventh day, that will be great because you're not going to be thinking about food. You're already past the headache and that, that stage. And so first few days, I would discourage you. I used to do that. I used to do my three-day fasting on the mountain uh, or rent a hotel. It was the most torturous time of my time with the Lord I've ever spent. Literally, it was, I had headaches. I was hurting. So I would pray for like, you know, six or seven hours straight and everything. And it was, it was tormenting, <laughs> honestly. And I mean, sometimes I would get a breakthrough. Sometimes I wouldn't come a breakthrough. I would come back home more tired, more exhausted. And I'm like, man, now I need to rest from the place that I've gotten. I was supposed to be resting. And so I realized fasting works for me way better when I already have a rhythm to my life. And once I break through that, that, um, the turbulence of those first four days then I can go out of town for a few days because my mind is sharp I'm not thinking about food but I'm not gonna go outside of town for first three days because all I'm gonna be thinking about is food and so it just defeats the purpose so I would discourage you from doing that with fasting in the beginning stages now unless the Lord leads you if the Lord leads you you obey the Lord don't take my recommendations um, the second thing after you find a place in there is that you really have to focus more on surrender than struggle and striving. The goal is not to pray for 10 hours straight. The goal is not to, unless the Lord really puts it on your heart that this is, it really puts it in deep intercession. It's really a place of yielding and it's a place of surrender, not a place of striving. Um, if you turn it into a place of striving, it will physically exhaust you and it will feel like you went to work instead of went to replenish spiritually. And I've done all of it. Striving, surrender, everything. <laughs> Had a, all the experiences. Um, number three is that you take time with the scriptures. You read the scriptures. It's really the time where you dive into the scriptures. Again, you're not looking for a sermon. You're not looking for a revelation. You are looking for the scriptures to begin to speak. Um, uh, number four, songs. You look for a favorite, honestly, songs that minister to you and you play them on repeat. And you sing that to the Lord. Number five, your goal is to experience the sweetness of Jesus again. Experience the sweetness of Jesus. The goal is not to leave with the plan, though a lot of times the Lord will give you a plan, but to leave with a sweeter taste of Jesus in your heart. And uh, number six, is you have to experience stillness. It has to get to the point where you experience stillness and solitude. Um, solitude in your soul, but the, once you experience solitude in your soul, then you will experience 
stillness in your spirit there's this peace that passes understanding and it's just really being with the Lord um, and linger stay there stay there as long as uh, you know you need and one of the things that I practice is um, is I would go for long walks uh, with my that's why I take my Gideon Bible so that I could have it with me physical Bible just turn on uh, music turn off my phone's reception um, and just turn on sometimes instrumentals and just go for a long walk into the woods or go into during the day not during the night um, I don't like too much darkness and so and find a bench when nobody's there find it next to the river next to the nature because there's something about the creation of God and just spend time but my goal is not there to break out in tongues though if that happens I will speak in tongues but uh, and I carry a little journal and I just journal I don't write my handwriting I don't even understand my own handwriting it's so terrible but um, it helps me to express my thoughts to the Lord and that journal is only for me and the Lord it's not for anybody else it's not for sermons it's not for no one to see my wife doesn't see it I that's I say stuff on that journal God have mercy um, it's just if whatever, whatever comes to my head it's just like it's me communicating to the Lord verbally and in the written form now you will say why would you want to write it down actually when Jesus came to John in Revelation he revealed himself in a new facet to John and he told John this he says write it down I don't know to me it's just like something happens when I read it, the word I write some things down and I pray the word I worship and I keep going back I go get a good coffee um, sit in the coffee shop next to the wall usually don't want to see people at that time and just take my Bible and I just face the wall sometimes weeping um, just just the presence of God gets you know big and then I just leave that go for go for another you know drive somewhere just just hide myself and it's really my spiritual retreat with the Lord I do what spiritually replenishes me I get plenty of sleep as well I don't deprive myself so if, if I wake I don't set the alarm there is no waking up early I wake up when my body wakes up because I want my body to get enough rest so so I would add that maybe a seventh or eighth sleep because if you go in there and you're trying to drive your body to, to grind your body and you're like I'm gonna just sleep one hour and for the next 24 hours uh, so this is not a hell week for Marines you know like this is not your point to put your body through hell but this is your point for your body to get rested really well feed yourself with God's Word if you do this if you're in ministry I would encourage you to do that at least every two months just one day just one day um, unlike night prayer where you're kind of like fighting to stay awake you're really fighting against your body's rhythm during night prayer so it's it's difficult and a lot of us feel like well this is very sacrificial yes it is very sacrificial it's, it's very powerful it's very important as well but at the same time this is different you're not fighting against the rhythm you're going with the flow first of your physical body getting rested and then your soul getting spiritually detoxed you turn off the media um, I discourage bringing books though sometimes I do have a book on a standby called devotional books like A.W. Tozer Pursuit of God so anything that could really um, strengthen my desire for the Lord but not like oh I have like for example I have a theological book to read right now for my college I don't bring those I don't bring any homework assignments any none of the stuff I want to put that aside and I just want to if I will take a book it will be a book that will spiritually just like almost put a gasoline on my soul and I would read just until the time that I feel something and then I try to put the book down 
because my goal is not to get somebody else's revelation there, maybe get a jump start, but I want to I wanna have my own, my own walk with God. And it might not be as deep that it will end up in somebody's book, it doesn't matter, but it will be deep enough that it will keep me sane for the next 30 days. <laughs> Amen? So, so this is just kind of something that I want to practice. A lot of you guys have weekends off usually. Like if you work, you have weekends off like Friday and Saturday. And some of you, you go out of town to go for a hangout. You go to Seattle. Let's go visit Seattle. We'll go shopping. What about one time, a quarter, that you go out by yourself with the Lord and just give that 24 hours you know maybe two nights if you can afford it and if you are able to and just 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 spend the time with the Lord practice it give it a try it will have better results and effect on your spiritual life than going with your girlfriends or with your guys and you know some kind of nothing wrong with against those things I'm not against those things I think those are very important but I think that having the time now if you have a really close friend you can do it together with them and you just you know have quality time with them during the day but then you just separate to kind of go and spend with time with the Lord Joshua would do the same thing Moses would go in Joshua would stay at the door and so sometimes he did it together uh, but it's, it's better to do it um, alone as well Jacob wrestled with God alone he passed on his family went on and the Bible says he stayed there alone and he wrestled with the Lord Jesus sent disciples ahead and he went alone to pray and so there's this thing where the Lord wants intimacy with you and he wants you to be there amen was this helpful let's put it to practice amen so what this friday call your mama uh, say mama uh, cash out me 300 dollars needed for a hotel internship doesn't cover <laughs> they told us to do another thing <laughs> amen flesh your hand up on your heart let's pray those of you online i want you to pray as well with me um Holy Spirit we ask you right now that you will begin to give us the desire Lord I pray that you will invite us to the mountain invite us to to spend time with you Lord especially those of us who maybe need that right now because we're spiritually grieving or we're grieving uh, emotionally we're spiritually depleted we're looking for direction we're needing that Lord we're just we're just overwhelmed we don't live out of overflow we live out of being overwhelmed and and I pray that we will begin to find some time, that we will begin to find a place maybe and, um, and just go and just be with you, be in your word and where everything can stop, where everything can just kind of reset for us, where we can be recalibrated to your, to your purpose and Lord where we can spiritually be poured into again by you, where we can find our first love, where we can find Jesus' sweetness again, where, where Lord we can, we can be renewed in our strength for you to continue to do the work Lord like sharpening of the saw we can't always be working 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 and not stopping and and this is like a spiritual sabbath for our soul and so I ask you that you would just begin to draw us to yourself Lord that we will take opportunities during our week even locally and home in home but when you do call us to even maybe leave town that you will give the provision wisdom uh, to do it in a way that will um, not be a burden to our family but it will be a blessing to everyone around us including our own walk with you in Jesus name we pray Amen